Welcome to Career Tools. This week, interviewing for your own job. Yes, you might have to do it. Here we go. Folks, if you don't know what I've been saying a lot lately, our licenses, there's a manager tools license and a career tools license, are the most valuable product we offer, even more valuable than the conference to those of you who have attended and know how good it is. For $165 a year or 15 bucks a month, you can download all of the show notes from our archive of over eight years, uh, and you get show notes going forward for at least a month or as long as a year. Um, manager tools licenses get access to interview creation tool, and there's many other values as well. Uh, we hope you'll take a look at it. Thanks. Folks, welcome to a special Career Tools. Wendy and I are recording in my living room in Pebble Beach in California, and we are joined by Danny Martin. Hi, great to be here. And Mike Ozan. Hi, everybody. Most of you probably know Mike's voice. He and I did Career Tools for years. And I think, Wendy, you and I have been doing Career Tools for the last year, months, year, 18 maybe, months, maybe. something like that. Yeah. This is exceptionally rare, folks, that Wendy and Danny and Mike and I are all in the same place. Uh, we're in the second of a three-day-long Manager Tools strategy offsite looking at 2014 products and services, as well as running through Drucker's questions about theory of the business and our assumptions, including things like unlimited mobile bandwidth, which causes us interesting discussions <laughs> about what we're going to do and how we're going to handle that. And we know that many of you want what you want, when you want, where you want it, and how you want it. And that means we have to change to keep up with the incredibly fast changes that occur in technology and society and with people and so on. And frankly, we're excited to do it. So Wendy and I will be taking the lead in this cast, but Danny and Mike are sitting very close to us because there are only two microphones. Uh, and if there's any crackling in the background, that's because it's nice and chilly here in November in Pebble Beach, and we have a fire in the fireplace. And if that kind of ambience bothers you, get your management advice and career advice somewhere else. Yeah, so yeah, get a sheepskin rug and <laughs> light a fire and get a glass of wine and listen to career tools. Pretend that you're here with us. Yeah. yeah. That's a little too much, but, but it was good. Okay, so Wendy, we're going to talk about interviewing for your own job. I, Danny, Mike, have you ever actually had to do it? No, I've interviewed people for yeah. their job. Oh, for their job. But I've okay. never had to be the one interviewing. Okay, good. Mike, you... No, yeah, no I haven't. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Mike, I can't imagine having to do that. <laughs> and yet, it happens all the time. And, and we're not against it in theory. I can see the point. So I'd love to hear from you about how people responded and what you saw in terms yeah. of the range of behaviors and so on. So... Whether you like to believe it or not, folks, there's a chance that you'll have to interview for the job you're already in, often with the same manager. It, it's not normal. I wouldn't say it's a standard process. No. But it's not so unstandard or rare that you ought not to know how to do it. Absolutely. And it's enough to know this cast, what we're going to share with you here, that you'll be fine mm -hmm. with it. And so many people make so many basic mistakes on the front end that they can never recover. It's an assumption of, I'm going to win the game. Or it's an assumption of, I don't want to play this game. Or I don't need to work this hard because they already know me. Yes. It's just, it's a death now. One of the things I find interesting is the whole issue of, I'm, I don't want to play this game. Well, it's a bit like saying, I don't want to play the football game. And they throw you on the field and you didn't put on your pads. And you wonder why you're getting knocked around a good bit. Like, eh. By the way, I mean American football, not the actual football. <laughs> um, it also happens somewhat more often in the public sector, yes. based on our experience. Um, and it's the whole issue of fairness, right? We wouldn't want to choose who has been doing most poorly, even though we know who's doing most poorly. So we're going to let everybody interview. And in that way, we can disguise 
what amounts to a layoff. It's pretty common in nonprofit oh, organizations too. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, and so you were an executive and you had to interview how many people for how many jobs? Uh, less than five yeah. for two or three positions. Yeah. Did that, in general, would you say they were anxious? Were they aware? Were they vibrating? That's what I think of, right? Are they? Yes, they were, they were very anxious and did not do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did they do not a good job simply because based on the standard of people don't do good jobs in interviews? It, fundamentally, they just weren't ready to interview like the way so many people aren't, no matter what kind of interview it is. Uh, I think there was some of that, but it was also, it, it was, they clearly were not of the mindset of, I have to work at this. Right. It was very much treated as, this is another day at the office, and I just have to go in and talk to my boss. Right, talk to my boss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've experienced, yeah. too. talk to my boss. Literally, if you're thinking, talk to your boss. I'm going in for chat. Yes. It's either, I'm, I think it's actually a rare case, it's a first in manager tools, career tools history, of a combination of smoking crack and putting a gun to your head. <laughs> It is. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you're on crack and you're, you're shooting yeah. yourself. In the face. You think it's an aspirator. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, so the question is, you're in that position. You've got to re-interview your job. There's cutbacks coming. The company's using this technique. You can d agree or disagree with the technique, but it may happen to you. That's why we're here. It's why career tools exist. So when you walk us through the outline, the basic guidance we want to share. Okay, so first we're going to assume that you've lost your job. Assume Even though they haven't. They're still in their job. Even you haven't. Even yeah. though there's still five jobs and there's 10 of you, assume that you're one of the five that's going. Two, hit hard. I love that one. <laughs> Three, don't assume they know. Don't assume your manager knows you and knows how good you are. Wear a suit and use all the usual rules of interviewing. Yeah, which those four alone, so many people fail on. And then you add the usual rules, which is a black box of difficulty and anxiety and misery to most people. And it's, a, it's almost a guarantee that the question is, who did least poorly oh. in the interviewing process, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because would you would we agree here that we're not if we have ten people to interview for five jobs, we're not going to do a clean sweep with all ten, and then start over with five outside hires. No, I've no, never we're not going to. No, we've never seen. seen yeah, that. it doesn't happen. No. So, in other words, the five that win think they did good, mm -hmm. but in fact, probably the managers are thinking. No. They did least bad. Yeah. Yeah, I never, absolutely. I've never actually had to do this. I've recommended it. Uh, and interestingly enough, it was a state government situation. Um, and I wasn't involved in the follow-up, so I don't know what actually happened See, with it. That's, you know, that's, it, it's interesting because I, I, I believe there's like plenty of opportunity for folks in these situations. And, oh, and it might right. be a lot of folks that, that look, if, if you're the number one person in the organization or number two or number three, and there's, there's the half the team's going, you're, almost positive or you're positive that you're going to stay the, the the tendency is to sit back on your your laurels right mm -hmm. we're going to talk we're going to talk about that and even if you can't convince yourself to to listen to our first rule assume you've lost your job then at least think about the impression you can make the fact that that the, there, their manager an, is going to walk away with an impression for you. and you can there's you're, a chance for a positive there's a chance for absolutely there's a positive yeah. like i had no idea you were that good yeah. like yeah. Oh my god just keeping the job that's yeah. right. positive but wow you impressed me that's right. Yeah. Even seen, if you distinguish yourself, even if all you do is distinguish yourself from the rest of the group. And I've seen situations where people did hit hard 
And later, within six months, oh. they were being put on list for their bosses. For, for yeah. 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 Well, I've yeah. had, Absolutely. I've had bosses say, I had no idea that person had that stuff on their resume yeah. because they'd oh, inherited they a team they, and they'd yeah. never seen the resume. Do you know, I did a, we did a cast of Manager Tools a while ago. It really could have been a Career Tools cast about inheriting an audience, how you handle inheriting an audience if there's multiple presenters. And we've never really talked a lot on manager tools about inheriting a team and what you don't know. But I've said to many groups, um, I said it actually a couple of weeks ago in Houston, that that you don't know. If somebody was here before you and you came in and you didn't go through the process, you'll be shocked at what you see on people's resumes. Mm -hmm. uh, probably on the plus side and on the minus side, but those pluses are big. Mm -hmm. And your file on people have got to include a resume, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, good. All right, so let's walk through it. You say, assume you've lost your job. This is a mental, this is a, 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 a preparatory state. you got you got to get some fear going. Absolutely. Anxiety. Okay? Not, yeah, you don't want to be... So scared that you're not doing anything, but you want to you want to understand you want your emotional state to be working out yeah. as if you were going to be unemployed. And I got to tell you something, folks. Mike and I have conversations probably once a month about some of the people we know better than most of our listeners, our audience, our community, and some of them friends of ours. And we shake our heads. We get off a conversation that we're having with them. Maybe he and I are having dinner together somewhere, and we put somebody in the speakerphone. We listen for five minutes, and at the end of the call, we look up and say, "He doesn't get it." Yeah, he, okay, he's, on he's, on he's on the bubble. He's on the bubble. He doesn't know it. And he's giving us happy talk. And guys, assume you're on the bubble and on the wrong side of the bubble. Because that happy talk, we've seen too many people. And, 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 and I'll also admit, I've probably put some pinches. And I hope I, I put enough into the emotional bank account of these people. Because I'm willing to pinch them and say... You're smoking crack, dude. If you think you're okay, you're wrong. We've said this to, we've yes. had this conversation yes, so many, many times. times. Yeah. And I'm willing to be the one to say, fine, think I'm a jerk. I don't care. But I'll be the one that scared the tar out of you enough so that you kept your job and your wife or husband can thank me. Um, so yeah, we want that. We want a bit of, of even we want beyond you stress into distress yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And there's and there's a bunch of ways that companies can lay people off and they don't have to yes. do this. They could have laid you off based on your performance or first in, last out or last in, last out or the highest salary or the oldest person in the team. There's a bunch of ways that companies can lay people off. And the fact that they're going through this process is giving you an opportunity, opportunity. to keep your job if you if, – um, and there was a possibility that you would have lost it had they done some other And I hate to quote process. Jack Nicholson, but deep down in places you don't want to talk about, if you're in the bottom half, you know it. Uh -huh. And this is an opportunity. And you can put yourself in the top half by the way you handle this interview. Or you can react with fear in the form of flight or in fear in the form of... I want to argue about the process we're going through. Yeah, we have a different process, which is the top half stay. That's not a process if you're in the bottom half that you want to advocate, you know, because you don't want to have to interview. Okay? And, and there's a bunch of assumptions that people make that, that will enable them to stay even if they're going through this process. So, my, like, my boss likes my, me. My boss is staying. We're, we're mates. We yeah. work together for ages. We, 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 our yeah. kids go to school together, so we'll, I'll be fine. Or I've been here for 15 years. They're not going to lay me off. I know yeah. everything and I know everybody. Yeah. And I've got all this institutional knowledge that they can't afford to lose. And what's and interesting you know is what? a lot of people, when they say 15 years, don't understand that 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 is. That there's no difference there's in nine, 10, 11, 12, even 9 and 15 is not that big a difference. I remember standing in front of a, a group of uh, MBA students once and saying to them, do you really think your degree from this school is a competitive advantage? It's not 
at this school. <laughs> Everybody has one. <laughs> and you could see these eyes go, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not competing with everybody else in the world for the job I'm going for. I'm competing with other guys in this room, all of whom have the same basic thing. And the 15 years versus 10 years, you guys, you know, okay, yeah, if there's a very strict seniority system, yeah. But if they use very strict seniority systems, well, they're, they're, not firm, they're not going through this process. They're not going through this process. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if the company is about to change or the institution is about to change oh, radically, all your past performance, all your past knowledge, the institutional knowledge doesn't matter. Right. The, the history doesn't matter. And you've got to let that go as thinking of that as part of your value. Yeah. This interview is going to be important as any other you've ever had. Okay. Between now and then, you've got to do the prep you need both for the interview and for what could happen to you if you're laid off. And you've got to assume for purposes of preparation and purposes of your family, you got to assume 100% certain you're going to lay it off. And by the way, there are layoff props, and we have cast for that. And then in addition, there's interview prep. So you've got double the workload. And we're sorry to be the ones to tell you, but this is what we tell our friends. <laughs> and this is like preparing for an earthquake or a tornado or something. You don't know whether it's going to hit you or not, but if you don't have the stuff ready, you're going to regret it yeah. if it does. Yeah, we don't want you to be a doomsday prepper. <laughs> But we want you to be prepared for this. Yeah. Um, so. I, I have six months of spaghetti. That's all I got. Spaghetti. Yeah. spaghetti. Yeah. And water. Yeah, you'll be alive and hate spaghetti, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, so, folks, you got to talk to your family. I can't tell you the number of managers and executives I've talked to. This as well. I haven't told my wife yet. No, I don't want to worry her. Yeah. Yeah, just keep yeah. her in the dark. That yeah. works well. Yeah, that works well. And, of course, they know. Right. Um, You've got to start cutting costs yep. among the family. You've got to say to your family, look, there's a chance, and maybe it's small, and I need your help, and here are the things we need to be careful about. Mm -hmm. And by the way, as a general rule, living small, as our friend Dan McGuire says, is a really good way to avoid the kind of panic that sets in in so many people when they discover, I have a risk here. I have a job security risk, whatever it might be. Yeah, Even right. a new boss, frankly, guys, is a job security risk. Yeah. Right? This is when you, if you have that six-month uh, fund we've talked about in the past, this is yeah. when it really makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a difference in terms of your, your ability to actually interview because you are yeah. you have peace of mind. Right? Right. You're going to be a better interviewee. Um, and it makes a big difference in terms of your family and your relationships yeah. with your spouse, right? And when you're yeah. not, when I'm stressed with my spouse, I'm not well, doing well at work. I'll, I'll tell the story now. It's been long enough on career tools. I haven't told the story. When I got fired, and of course, when everybody asked me, how did you decide to start a consulting firm? Well, I lived where I wanted to live and I got fired. So <laughs> nobody else would pay me as much as what I could make if I had my own company. So I started a consulting firm. And I got home that morning. I got fired about 8.15 in the morning. I got home about 8.15 or 8.30. My, my wife was in bed. Um, and um, I was already at peace with it because we had actually eight or nine or ten months worth of income in the bank. Um, and I had a chance to drive home, and so I was over the shock. Um, and folks, if you don't know, I wouldn't wish it on you, but at the same time, I, I, I almost hope you could go through being laid off or fired I don't want to put your family in economic hardship, and I wouldn't recommend it if you don't have any any savings or any backup. But the experience of getting fired and discovering, and Danny's nodding her head, it's happened to you too, right? Yeah. The, the experience of getting fired is a bit like being Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're in the bar in Nepal or Kathmandu, and the bad guy pulls a gun, Indy reaches for his and he doesn't have it. The gun goes off, and Indy immediately clutches his chest, 
knowing for certain that a bullet has pierced his heart and he's going to die. He looks down at his hands, wonder why he hadn't been shot, and then he looks up and Karen Allen, his girlfriend, has shot the other guy in the back of his head. And that's what it feels like to get fired or laid off, is like, you think, oh my gosh, my life is over, and then you suddenly realize that your life is not over, and in fact, you're probably going to be just fine. My, my mistake was having enough time driving home to realize, I'm gonna be okay, and frankly, I'm probably gonna start my own company, and that'll be fine. But I got home, my wife was still in bed, and um, I said, she says, what are you doing here? I said, well, actually, I got fired. And I said it, guys, I gotta tell you, if you know me, I said it just like that. Well, actually, I got fired. And uh, she looked at me and said, oh my God, what are we gonna do? And I don't recommend this to you, but my answer was, was relatively offhand, and I said, well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> This is not what my spouse wanted to hear. You've gotten a lot wiser. Yeah. Than that, I must say. Uh, yeah. And, and that is why we often say that the group that hates managers the most is the spouses of their direct. Um, in, in any event, so start saving. You've got to get your resume ready. And we have a podcast for that. You've got to reach out to your network. If you're not facing this now, use this cast as a reminder to warm your network up. We've got casts about that. We're not asking you to become a networker. Listen to the listen to the building a network cast, and you'll discover it's an ethical way, it's a professional way, it's the right way to create a network. And when I say network, we just mean friends and associates who care about you, stay in touch with you, so that when you need a favor, it is not a cold call. Because cold call favors end up like rocks in the pit of your stomach. And a warmed up relationship will get you a resume and a referral and all kinds of things. And you're going to probably have to start. It's fair to say we want them to start an active search. Absolutely. Simply because they're on the bubble. Because yeah, because they, because they literally do not know yeah. whether or not it's going to be them right. or someone else. And so, yeah, you, you start an active and, search for a new role. And that means reaching out. And, and they will know. They will learn. When they get, when the other people get the jobs, yeah, and then they're out of a job, and yeah. now they haven't, they've been given an opportunity to start early. Yeah, and for some people, this turns out to be a real blessing that they find out that the market's much better than they thought. That there's other opportunities that they'll really enjoy, and they actually decide to leave rather than being going through the interviewing for their own job process. Yeah, yeah. good. And some people worry that. Because they're known to be looking outside, that their manager will think, "Oh well, he doesn't want to." He's stay. already decided to go. Yeah, which which is is not true. You're hedging your bets essentially. And so if you if you're asked, you say something like, "I'd love to stay here, and I realise that's not a certainty, and I need to make provisions for my family in case I'm not the one who stays." I would say that, and if it were me, I would go into my boss's office and say, "I just want to let you know something. I intend to keep my job. I'm prepping for the interview." I'm getting a suit. I'm going to do a great job. And by the way, if you say that out loud to your boss, that kind of commitment will cause you to actually do those things much more likely mm -hmm. than say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And, and then you say, and one more thing, I respect this. your guys' decision. I want to keep my job. I want you to know that. And I'm going to earn that keeping by doing well. And I'm, I'm smart enough to know it's not my decision. So therefore, I have to hedge my bets. And one of the things I need to do is make sure that my network is warmed up and so on. So... I'd say it, but if you see my resume on my desk, it's because I'm a professional and I'm certainly not going to whine if I'm not here. I'm simply going to do what I need to do to find someplace else. There's not a professional manager. Well, I take that back. There are very few professional managers who are unethical enough to, to ding you because you would do that. If you believe you work for him or her, 
then yes, by all means, don't have this conversation. But for the vast majority of managers, you can have that conversation and they're going to sit there and lean back in their chair and go, dang. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know. you're right the first time you said there aren't there aren't any professional managers because somebody's yeah, that's right. that, you're right. is not yeah. a professional manager <laughs> yeah. so, and yeah, you ought yeah. to go somewhere else anyway. yeah exactly uh, and we know that when we say you ought to go somewhere else some of you would prefer not to and so you may choose to stay with the devil you know rather than the devil you don't okay the second thing you said is hit hard which I, I said what is that that doesn't sound like a ritualist thing <laughs> it does don't are. we get in trouble for hitting yeah is, is the HR involved <laughs> Yeah, and we, we, most of the career tools is about cooperation and collaboration and consideration and, and working with others. And in this situation, you are not working with others. You're actually in competition with your colleagues. It's you or them. And essentially, it's you or them and your family st- starving. Now we're getting into the career tools, manager <laughs> tools I always wanted it to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's, in fact, let's, let's say that, you know, it's, it's you or them. There are some people who will... If you, if I might not put too fine a point on it, the high S's might go, oh gosh, I can't even dream of that. No. That's not, okay, let's say it differently. It's your family versus their family. Or put differently, your family is on the line. What yeah. are you willing to do? Even if you don't want to think about anybody else you're competing with. Are you going to go to your family and say, I wasn't willing to work hard because I was so worried about everybody else's family? I think not. Maybe we're going to call this the Hunger Games cast. That's what we're <laughs> Oh my gosh. Mike is just a foil. To <laughs> yes. You get him out of his primary responsibilities. <laughs> straight man. Everybody's always saying Mike's such a great straight man. Well, apparently not when he's not. I love it. Well done, dude. Okay. And so, if, you, if you are thinking, um, well, it's okay. If I if I lose my job, I've got six months savings. If somebody else gets the job, I'm okay with that. I think they're better than me. And um, we, my family will be okay because we've got six months savings. In six months, if you're still employed, unemployed, you don't have six months savings anymore. And it will be your family. Yeah. So if you can't put yourself in the, the mindset right now, think about six months yeah. hence. Yeah. It, it's hard to say it, guys, but let's be honest. Um where it is a zero-sum game, in other words, we're five win and five lose, it's fair to say the right approach is to disregard everyone but you and your family. It's a bit like your boss has announced in advance you're going to be in a car wreck. Um, and you can put on your seatbelts, and you can slow your speed, and you can double-check the cars around you, or you can keep doing what you're doing. Your call. And, you know, seatbelts are like six months' worth of income. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. The other thing that I find, this is the thing that I find is much more prevalent beyond just interviewing, the assumption that they know. And and I tell people this all the time about their careers, that when I tell people about interviewing, I say, you don't get credit for what you know. You don't get credit for what you've done. You only get credit for what the recruiter thinks you've done. And the only way they're going to know that is based what's on your resume and what you tell them in the interview. So they're getting a, a wicked small slice of your life that's completely unfair. Well, that's true at work, too. Your boss doesn't know everything you do. In fact, you know, we joked at manager tools that we get accused of suggesting micromanaging techniques. Nothing could be further from the truth. The idea that an assertive Hands-on management is micromanagement only proves that the average manager in America isn't doing his or her job and is so laissez-faire 
They're not in charge. They don't know what's going on. Your manager doesn't know what you do and how well you do it. I say that to 80% of the people who are listening to this cast right now. He or she doesn't know. And frankly, unless you could score them as a nine or a 10 in a relationship with you based on their behaviors, not based on how you feel about them, based on what they do to learn about you, they don't know what you're doing. And if you assume they know, again, smoke and crack. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Danny said it earlier, but this is the most serious failing I've ever seen uh, that I consistently saw in internal interviews. You can't be given credit for something you don't say in the interview. That's the whole point. The interview is a closed system and you get points, whether they're using an actual point system or whether it's kind of the mental thing that some hiring managers do. You get points for the things you say in the interview. You don't get points for the thing you did yesterday that your manager knows about and he's interviewing you today. If you don't mention it, you don't get credit for it. It's a complete ecosystem. And so you can't go in with this like half-hearted, I'm kind of shy, I can't brag about it because he's my manager. The last thing I would be is a braggart. Yeah. Right? Because my man- it's my manager and he knows me. Right. And, and so I can't say all those things. In fact, didn't you help Drake, my son, in interviewing and in developing his resume? He said several times, well, I don't want to tout that. I don't want to brag. Yeah. There was sort of that theme to the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there also part of the interview, though, that's beyond demonstrating skills and, and what you've done in your, your experience, but also the manager Wanting the person who wants the job, oh, right? absolutely. I mean, the attitude that, like, mm-hmm. I want this job. Right? Yeah. This may be a good point for you to talk about your experience. So we're talking about the manager yeah. interview. <laughs> it's a closed system. So what did you tell I, us about? I, I actually have had uh, f- folks that I was managing, directs of mine, who I was interviewing, not just assume that I knew stuff, but tell me that I knew the situation they were describing. So I would ask them a question, and they would use an example from their recent work and say, well, as you know, and you know how that turned out. And And literally leave you (laughs) to work up the sentences that they should be saying out loud in your own head. You may or may not not have known, but regardless, the offhandedness of the comment is, if you, now you tell me, here's what I was going to say, disrespectful of the process. Completely. Yeah. They're literally saying, you should know this. I shouldn't have to tell you. They're essentially, if you will, dissing the process and saying, I shouldn't have to tell you. They're saying, we're not going through. uh, You're not interviewing. Yeah, you you know, you should have chosen without going through this process. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're giving them a fair shake by allowing everybody to interview. And so they're not only disrespecting the process, they're disrespecting you too. Yeah, it's too bad. So how many people did you interview? Uh, probably about five. And it was for one or two slots or two or three? Two, about two or three. Okay. Yeah. So range of behaviors? Oh. Uh, all generally low energy, high very, energy? All, Give me yes. some. Yeah. All low, very low energy consistently. One or two very uh, clearly not respecting that that this was a legitimate process to go through. Right. Some out and out in the interview saying to me, I can't believe I have to interview for, for my job. Um, and of course, the answer is you're not interviewing for your job. You're interviewing because there aren't everybody's jobs here. You're not, not everyone is interviewing for their own job because some of you don't, there aren't jobs. And we haven't decided 
which, which one? one? Yeah. yeah right. Everybody's interviewing for two new jobs we're creating by killing all of your jobs. Right. Right. Yeah. But we call it interviewing for your own yeah. job, but that's not what it is, guys. Right. Yeah. We're going to wipe this slate clean and give new. new that's slots. a good mindset for somebody yeah. to think about when they're when they're in that interview, yeah. right? Yeah. And fair to say, I safe to assume that when they when they act as if the process is not ethical or not reasonable that they therefore then stink in the interview because every Correct. minute they spend whining about the process is a minute they're not selling you how good they are. Correct. And yeah. because they're so dismissive of the process, they don't take the time to prepare for it. Exactly. I yeah. didn't get a single resume. None of them even gave me wow. a resume. They yeah. just filled out the internal paperwork that they were you know, required to, yeah. which did not require a resume. I think maybe one candidate wore a suit. Um, the rest did not. Yeah. Um, you, is it fair to say that if one person had brought in the resume, had done some simple prep, oh. even if they weren't your top performer, and they'd come in and they'd sat down and they'd lean forward and they'd shake yes. your hand and they'd say, I want an opportunity and so on, you'd just fall over and Absolutely. say, they're my number one. Absolutely. Right? And, and what does that prove, guys? It proves Horseman's first law of interviewing. We'll, we'll take 90% less ability for 10% Absolutely. more attitude every day of the week. And this is a case where you have to apply interviewing rules. And you, I'm gonna say it again, get it out of your mind that you're interviewing for your own job because all they're gonna do is take the organization chart that you stand on and rip it away out from underneath you and you're either gonna fall down or you're gonna end up falling onto one of the new jobs because of the attitude and the preparation and the process you go through. So we do recommend they bring resumes. Absolutely, right? bring a, a copy of your up-to-date resume, give it to the manager, either bring it to the interview or give it to them ahead of time. It's probably better to give it to them ahead of time so they can read it. Um, and, and don't worry, I've had people say to me, but if I give my resume, my resume isn't a strict telling of the truth. It's a summary. So right. it's, and I rounded up the numbers and, you know, my boss knows about Project X and he knows that it wasn't really 19,000, it was 18,536. But yeah. every manager yeah. understands that the resume is a summary and you round up and round down and it's an approximation because you can only use nine words on a line. So don't worry about it. Right. Tell it in the best light possible. To be clear, though, folks, this is manager tools and career tools. We have an ethical underpinning. You count round up from 18,000 to 45,000. <laughs> <No. laughs> because rounding up, and that's the first yeah, time ever we said rounding up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember standing in front of a group once and saying that Mike had just told me the day before, the moment before I went on stage, that... Hey, by the way, you might want to tell them, our, I just checked our downloads. We're now at 17,996,998. I said, wow, that's great. So I sit in front of the group two minutes later and says, hey, folks, Mike just tells me he checked the logs last night and we're at 18 million downloads. And Mike gives a look in the back like, hmm, like maybe he just bit into something that was bitter. <laughs> he said, Mike, maybe I thought maybe I'd said 18 billion because um, I could have. And he said, no, it's fine. And I said, no, Mike, really, really? That look is, well, okay, but it's a minor thing, but. I, I didn't tell you said 18 million. I said, yeah, that's what you just told me. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You just told me 18 million. No, I told you 17 million, 996,998. <laughs> and all the high season room went, yeah. That's right. Heads nodded slowly. Like, you lied. Well you were lying. You were lying to our audience. I take that very yeah. seriously. Yeah. I take that very seriously. Oh, I, I just would call a liar on Kurt. <laughs> yeah. And um, and they're thinking, I'm a total mm, buffoon. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, buffoon. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so one of the things I've noticed that we, we recommend people do, if you were part of a team and you don't know how to characterize and you don't want to take credit, for, credit for all the things you did, you say, uh, um, I contributed to, mm-hmm. right? You use contributed to as the verb in your accomplishment. Yes, exactly. Um, because we know that projects are, con- are completed with collaboration uh, and cooperation with other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said wear a suit. And, yes. and there are people who won't even do that to a regular interview, but we still say it all the time. Yep. Even on Facebook. And, and it's n- not only because there is an opportunity to keep your own job or to keep the job that you're about to get, but, but you'll often also be interviewed by managers who don't know you or from an acquiring company or oh, yeah. from other departments. Panel interview? You weren't told panel interview? Yeah. Two people you don't know? Yeah. You think it's only your boss? Huh. And you walk in and huh. see, see, and there's no way that you don't lose out on the first 10 minutes of that interview because you're trying to gauge the two people and you're the first self-talk you have in the interview is, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That happened to yeah. me. I wasn't interviewing for my own job, but they were, they were changing our jobs and, and I was supposed to go to this thing and it wasn't an interview, but I walked into the room and there were three people I'd never seen in my life before. And I expected it to be my manager and it wasn't. And they were very nice, but if I had been in an interview, oh. I'd have been oh. not yeah. knowing. Yeah. So, yeah, wear a suit. And, and you've got a chance to show people what not only that you can do this job, but the things, the other things that you're right. capable, capable of. And by now, your boss has probably already decided and put an upper limit on what you're capable of. And, and probably for the most professionals, it's less than what you oh, know absolutely. you're capable of or less what you're capable of developing into. You might as well send a shot across their bow by saying, this is important. I suited up. Yeah. yeah. And, and people have, you know, I've had this. I've been in, in an open plan office and somebody's walked in slightly more dressed up than they are normally. And everyone's like, oh, you're going for an interview? And they comment. And it's like, well, so what? If I am yeah. taking this seriously and I want to better myself, yeah. why? I wouldn't let somebody else's laughing keep me down. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody said, you got to be careful of wanting to better yourself. And I think... Why then in all the advertisements, why then in all the media, is everybody skinnier, taller, tanner, and richer than me? Yeah, blonder. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's because they know there's a fundamental gene. Guys, it's not, a, it's not a capitalistic gene. It's not a greedy gene. It is a human development gene. And for most of us, those of us who have kids and have families, that issue in providing more wealth for your families. And I remember one time my wife saying to me, we need to make more money to send these three kids to college. I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely right. We weren't going to get there at the tra- trajectory we were on. If somebody were to laugh at me, I, I, would, I would encourage you guys to think that laughter is born of fear, mm-hmm. right? They can't beat you or they realize you've beaten them and so they're going to try to tear you down it's like the crab that tries to crawl out of the pot and the other crabs grab it and try to pull it back in yeah and for the australians they call it tall poppy syndrome tall poppy oh yeah i've heard it yeah Yeah. tall poppy yeah Yeah. and you know what be the tall poppy yeah run the risk of the scythe you can see further okay last thing is you said use all the usual rules which i assume you mean Interviewing rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all the usual things on all the other casts, on the interviewing series that we say about interviews and being successful at interviews, including scoping out the location, even 
if it's a, a building that you go to regularly, it might not be a room you go to regularly. They might have changed it. If you're changing hands, there's and, all sorts of things. And folks, I'll give you a clue. If you don't know what Wendy's eight-minute rule is, you're not prepared for the interview. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I will say this. We don't promote our products all that much. I'm sure we had an ad at the beginning of this cast. We don't promote them all that much. But there will people who will tell you, they will argue with me that, licenses are the best value, they will say interviewing series yeah. is the best mm -hmm. value. Yeah. It's $150 versus $1,000 for a conference. Um, and we don't teach interviewing at a conference, of course. But those 15, soon to be many more casts, it's everything Wendy and I know from years and years of helping thousands of people get jobs. And you don't need it, but it will be helpful. And if you are in a search for a while and your money runs out, you're going to be unlikely to be able to afford the interviewing series. If you're employed now, it might be a really good investment yeah. to keep your job. And once you've got it, it's free for the rest of your life. Um, so um, I suspect for many of you, you know that at some level, deep down where you don't want to talk about, that um, interviewing is a bit like Horseman's Christmas Rule. Anything you really value, and for many people in the world, the Christmas holidays are, are valuable to them, time with family, time to celebrate, um, and that you do rarely, as in once a year, you suck at. Uh, everybody goes through the holiday season, goes, glad that's over, and geez, I'm wiped out, tired every day, every Friday night, every Saturday night of the holiday season. This is what's happening to you. It's been a while since you interviewed. Maybe your your resume is not updated, and yep. it'll take you two weekday nights to get your resume updated. We've got a cast for that. It's free. Uh, we've got the resume workbook as well. And you've got to go through this process, and it will remind you, if you get to keep your job, hopefully, that let's not have the Christmas rule apply again. Let's not go through that panicky experience you're going to have to show energy and enthusiasm in the interview. And if you walk in unprepared, it's really hard to do that. We see through it. Wendy and I have interviewed thousands, tens, tens of thousands, safe to say tens of thousands. Yeah, between us, right. definitely. Yeah, all the usual rules, every single one of them. Close, know how to chit-chat, know what the big questions are, know how to ask their questions, know how to study the information in advance, know how to follow up, know how to write a thank you note, know how to send a follow-up email, the whole schmear. And if I just said something you don't know about, that means you're not ready. Okay. okay, take us through the overview again. Okay, so assume you've lost your job, hit hard, don't assume they know, wear a suit, and use all the usual rules. Yeah, the moment they announce layoffs are coming and you're going to be interviewing, assume it. Yeah. You're done. It will absolutely give you the, the, the fear and the motivation and the energy you need to get your job back. And you're in a place of weakness. You have to fight to get back to where you want to be. So... You've got to take some unusual actions to earn it. Um, your tenure's been wiped away, and you have to prove you're worth hiring all over again. And you ought to be a lot better now than you were when they interviewed you the first time. Absolutely. There you go. Okay. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We may never do this again, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Bye, y'all. So long, all.